five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Holy Half Hour. It's me, your old pal, Kieran. And I'm here with your other old pal, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hello, I'm your old pal, Michael. You're right there, pal. Oh, yeah. Oh. Cup of tea, oh, Becca. Good. Um, Hi. I was doing a, an impression of an old person. <laughs> There, Kieran. Yeah, it's one of one of my yes. very one of my famous, <laughs> extremely accurate impressions. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was great, man. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> you may, you may not have noticed, but I was trying to do it too. Oh. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard to tell, I know. <laughs> uh, but hey, welcome, people of all ages. You are all welcome. Absolutely. On to listen to our show. We love you all. And uh, we appreciate you listening. We've got another fantastic show for you this week. We have our usual mix of quizzes, uh, an unlikely worship song, a top three, and a Bible fact, which mm-hmm. this week comes from First Corinthians, doesn't it, Michael? You're it bringing that to does, us later. It does. I'm excited to share. Mm, looking forward to that. But first, question for you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Is there a sport in which you would like to excel? Or excel already? You feel? Oh, that's is there. A, yes. Yeah. Is, and the, the shorter list is: Is there a sport at which I would not like to excel? <laughs> um, Michael like, is the. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to interrupt you here, Michael. Mm. Uh, listeners, Michael is like uh, Michael's like the RPG character, <laughs> like in the way that he approaches his life. He wants to max every stat that <laughs> yeah, it's possible to max in, in in himself. So uh, he's working on that. He's working on mastering everything that a person can be good at. Um, so how how's that going for you, Michael? Um, turns out that you only get a certain number of experience points. Uh, let's call it time. Uh, bummer. Um, and it's difficult to max <laughs> out every points. skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> how's it going? Well, I mean, I, I'm going to go out there and say that there is no sport at which I excel. Um I have I've dabbled in a lot of sports, mostly individual sports, um, because I didn't really I didn't really do sport until I was too old to be in team sport. Like, not that I couldn't right. now be in team sport, but like the opportunity was no longer really there. Like in high school, um, but I suppose the sport at which I've done I've done the most is gymnastics. Um, I have done mm. gymnastics, not competitively, but I taught myself a lot of it and then began to coach and then went from there into being a circus acrobat. Um, and I do think that gymnasts, this is a controversial opinion, but I think that except for sports which you need to be X tall to succeed or or like X heavy to excel, um, I think gymnasts are kind of like the best all-rounders of any sport. For example, it's easier, in my opinion, to teach a gymnast how to swing a golf club, kick a ball, hit a badminton, shuttlecock, than it would be to teach those uh, athletes who are extremely talented uh, and amazing to do a 
double double or a, you know a vault or mm. to do a crucifix position on still rings like I, it's more difficult to get to the level of a gymnast and i think that gymnasts because they're so flexible strong they know their body so well they have great proprioception um which means your body's awareness in space uh, i think that they maybe have a better chance of also excelling in other areas so yeah if i could excel and i wasn't already way past my prime probably be gymnastics <laughs> Um, and I'm going to stop yeah. talking there because otherwise I'll go on forever about that because that's a great question <laughs> and something I'm very interested in. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you're coming from, man. I think there's something about like the sort of mastery of your own body mm. uh, that's re just really impressive. While it's also impressive to master, you know, kicking a ball really oh, yeah, well for sure, or 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 any other sort of uh, sport that mm -hmm. one might engage with. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what my answer is. I mean, the first part is easy to answer for me. I am not a master of any sport. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also sort of missed the window where, you know, in high school where getting involved in team sports was a mm. was a thing. Uh, what I got into at an early age and have done ever since is running, and I love to run. Mm. Um, so uh, I'm I'm good at that, I guess. Well, it's uh, a sport for so. for uh, for a, a you know a amateur person who does it for recreation mm. um I'm, I'm pretty good at that uh but yeah man i think you know basically i'd love to fly to be able to fly <laughs> so whatever whatever sports activity could bring me closest to that so maybe that's yeah. being an acrobat you know yeah for sure um yeah although having uh, our church is on the london marathon route here and the london marathon goes past our church twice so every year we mm. we uh like have London Marathon party and we watch it and we welcome people and we have hospitality, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I have to say that the the professional runners, London Marathon, they basically are flying. Like to be right. able to run at that speed to without stopping for two hours is <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I'm yeah, not a runner. Totally. I've I've dabbled, but these guys, I couldn't at my best fittest prime i couldn't sprint as quick as these guys run for two hours uh guys and girls it's incredible it's totally mind-blowing so i mean whilst acrobats certainly fly uh i can attest to these guys they're not far away from it as well to be honest. so uh, yeah. yeah it's super impressive and and one of the things i love about running is the feeling of freedom that mm. it gives me so there is something about that that's maybe a bit like flying yeah. Even though you're not actually flying. What I do, what I do want to add is that uh, with my wedding coming up, I really wish I could dance mm. even just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in terms of uh, physical abilities, that is one I would like to have right now without any practice. <laughs> Download it to your brain like in the Matrix. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Well, shall we get into the show? Let's do it. Nice. All right, Michael, hit me with a little bit of quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have I got a little bit of quiz for you, Kieran. Um, nice. We're looking at First Corinthians today in our Bible fact segment, and it got me thinking, biblical places, where are they anyway? 
So um, we're going to play a game I'm calling Biblical Location, Biblical Location, Biblical Location. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're buying a house in Bible times, those are the three most important things to think about. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I've got five questions for you, Kieran, and they are all about locations in the Bible and where they are today in modern times. Um, we'll see... We'll see how well you can guess these. They have some options. And um, if you don't guess them correctly, which is fine, we'll, we'll learn something together. So, uh, so the, here's question number one, Kieran. Uh, well, here's sub-question. Do you remember the city, the name of the city that Jonah didn't want to go to and that Nahum prophesied the destruction of? Nineveh. Yeah, well done. That's mm. not the question, but... You still get it. Ah, um, well, Nineveh, the location of ancient of the ancient city of Nineveh, is in modern day Iraq. But which mm. of these cities is closest to its historic location, Kieran? Baghdad, Basra, or Mosul? Ooh. Oh man, what a question! I mean, there's no real reason, no real way you could know this, so it's really just a one in three uh, guess. But uh, I, I'm gonna go with Baghdad. All right, let's take a look and see. Mm. I'm afraid not. Nineveh was the oldest and most populous city in the ancient Assyrian Empire, situated on the east bank of the Tigris River and encircled by the modern city of Mosul. Ah, so there you cool. go. Here's a second one. Maybe this one's a wee bit easier. I don't know. Um, the modern day locations of the seven churches written to in the book of Revelation are all in the same country. But which country are they in? Greece, Syria, or Turkey? I, I have a hunch that it's uh, Asia Minor mm -hmm. or <laughs> what would now be known as Turkey. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Just that that just feels right. So that's mm. what I'm gonna say. Let's take a look and see. Oh Ooh, well done. Nice. Yes, indeed, Asia Minor and modern day Turkey. Well done. Okay. Speaking of Corinthians, the location of the ancient city of Corinth is in modern day Greece. But which of these cities is closest to its historic location? Athens, Larissa, or Heraklion? Hmm. Cool name, Heraklion. It's a cool name, isn't it? I'm going to go with Heraklion because it's a cool name. Mm. And I have no idea. The logic of cool. Let's see if it paid off for yeah. you. <laughs> 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 I'm afraid the remains of the ancient city lie about 50 miles west of Athens. Oh, I was going to say Athens. Oh, well, but you didn't. Honest, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late. It's probably uh, Athens. Two wrong, one correct. You've got three left. Uh, no, you've got two left, mm. so you can still win. Okay. How about. Could this be a quiz I lose, Mark? <laughs> Could this be the end? Well, sometimes I've got to make a quiz unreasonably challenging to beat you. Um, the location of ancient Galatia, as in the Church of the Galatians, is in modern-day Turkey. But which of these cities is closest to its historic location? Istanbul, Ankara, or Izmir? 
Mm. Well, having been burned by the last question, I'm going to go for Istanbul. Istanbul. Because that feels like it should be the right answer. <laughs> well, let's see if you're right. Ooh, oh, Kieran, I'm sorry. Whoopsie doodle. It's not looking good. Uh, it's <laughs> actually in the highlands of central An- Anatolia, roughly corresponding to the provinces of Ankara and Eskesahir in modern Turkey. Mm. So, you can't win, Kieran. But can you regain your honor by answering this following also challenging question? <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Biblical Canaan was a large area encompassing parts of many modern day countries. Which of these modern day countries and locations were not part of biblical and ancient Near Eastern Canaan? So... I'm going to name six places which one of these was not in Canaan. Lebanon, Israel, Palestine, northeastern Egypt, northwestern Jordan, and western areas of Syria. So which one of these is not in ancient Canaan? Lebanon, Israel, Palestine, northeastern Egypt, northwestern Jordan, and some western areas of Syria. Now, Kieran, if you would like, I will allow, I'll permit you to look at a map of this area. (laughs) You're not allowed to Google Canaan, but if you want to see the way in which these areas interlace, obviously we'll edit out the time that Kieran looks at the map. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Because this is a tough way. Well, well, I think if you look at the area, you might have a, a better idea. Okay. Well, see, off the top of my head, I feel like um, the eastern edge of Egypt is maybe more likely to be on the fringes of what might have been known as Canaan. Hmm. Um, because you are heading, you well, you you're in Africa there. Hmm. Right. So. So uh, you're saying that is in Canaan whether the, or is not in Canaan? Well, I feel like maybe it's not. Hmm. Um, so that is what I'm going to say. All right. Yeah. For the record, I didn't edit out any map looking. Kieran's just going to go mm-hmm. with his instinct of north I'm going to go with Egypt my gut because that's not served me so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. And yet, yeah. regained their oh, honor. Nice. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. Good stuff. It was... Egypt, which is not in Canaan. Well, Kieran, a toughie this week. Um, maybe too hard. I don't know. But, you know, you've got to try these things because you're getting too many quizzes right all the time. So, you know, um, maybe next week we'll go just a smidge easier on the, on, on yeah. the questions. Well, it's good to be brought down a peg, you know. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was getting too proud. So this is, this is good, right? Absolutely. But God, but he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. <laughs> Amen. Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Well, Michael, have I got a sort of not really unlikely worship song for you? <laughs> What? This week, 
<laughs> this week we're after last week uh jack bringing us that awesome biblical rap there's something um, else. i felt like it was amazing uh do listen to that folks if you haven't already um but i thought I'd, we'd change gear again and, and do another little uh remix <laughs> remix fun on the show um we're gonna have more remixes than mixes at this point yeah, yeah, we are. There's going to be a remix for every normal mix. <laughs> uh, it struck me that um, there was a great opportunity here, Michael, mm. um, to to do a sort of uh, point of view, a POV, as they like to say on TikTok, mm. of, uh, of what it must be like for you to listen to me <laughs> do a Bible fact. So what I've done is I've sort of edited together this mm. is supposed to be from the point of view of like you listening to me okay. try and form some coherent thoughts <laughs> about a book of the Bible and what that must be like for you. So that's the the shoes I tried to put myself in. So uh, so oh, for the benefit gosh. of our listeners, this is terrifying. That, that's that's the sort of point of view that this is that we're looking at this from, folks. Um, I'm wondering so if it's yourself, going to be a burn on me, Kieran, and just me. All the all the me going hmm hmm hmm, or if it's going to be a burn on yourself, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll uh, I'll leave that to I'll leave that as a surprise for you as a nice treat. Um, but folks, put yourself in Michael's shoes. Imagine you're Michael, eagerly anticipating uh, me sharing a Bible fact on this show. And uh, if you're listening for the first time, because we haven't reached that bit in the show yet. <laughs> Uh, we, we're 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 going through the whole Bible, everybody, and each week we're doing an interesting fact about a, uh, the next book of the Bible. Mm. Um, so this is a sort of uh, rip on on uh, on that, a riff on that segment of our show. All right, well, let's give it a listen. Here we go. Well, Kieran, the time has come. We've got a Bible fact. Take it away, my friend. Um, I think that the f- um, and just. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I think uh, 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 John's gospel is the fourth gospel, uh, uh, and um, um, because and, and, um, it's very, uh, um, it, but uh, John, uh, so uh, is that? Uh, um, I think is. What do you think? Is there one thing in there in particular maybe that stands out to you or <laughs> just could not stay awake? <laughs> just nodding off the whole time, like properly feeling absolutely exhausted. File that one under B1N. Mm, okay, okay. I feel reasonably pleased with that. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. Uh, that's, I mean, that's unreasonably harsh on yourself. Obviously, let me just say that you share great Bible facts with very wonderful uh, yeah. spirit-led insights uh, and great Thanks, research man. knowledge. But that was also yeah. very funny and uh, and great, and also very good usage of, of various uh, clips from different parts. I liked. I liked. You must have really yeah. trolled through the archives there. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, you know, I, I hear certain lines as we're recording. And I think, mm, I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> That's going in a remix. I did, it did occur to me as I was making this, and I thought that perhaps you might point this out, um, mm. that if only I spent 
this amount of time removing the ums and ahs from the, from the actual <laughs> n- real head of the podcast instead of meticulously gathering them all up and playing them back to back for no reason. <laughs> yeah, maybe if when you edit the episodes, you could take out all the ums and then just save them in an um file. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I have all the ums and ahs mapped to a keyboard, to a sampler in my room. That'd be so uh, great. So were all those ums from a single Bible fight, or did you have to go to a few? Or Oh, yes, that was just one. <laughs> the, 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 well, the well was very deep. There was no need to go back to draw more. <laughs> we're drowning in ums. <laughs> But there you go, folks. A little POV for you today. <sighs> That's great. The top, 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 top three, three, three. Well, everybody, it is, I'm very excited. Time for another top three. Ooh. I love these. They are so much fun. Every week, listeners, Michael gives me three pairs of words from the Bible. And I have to guess for each, each pair which word occurs the most in the yeah. Bible. Which one is the most common? So three pairs of words, Michael. Are they are they opposites? They sure are. They're opposites fun, once fun. again. And uh, yeah, just to add that, that I use the uh, the new international version when I'm searching these words. Uh, other versions are available. So, Kieran, here's your first one. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel like now I want you to get it right. I've been wanting you to get it wrong for weeks on end. And then as soon as you have a one bad quiz, I, I want you to get it right again. So, um, oh, bless you. I'm all over the place. But uh, we'll see how you get on. Here's number one. All versus none. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Not nothing. None. Oh, sorry. None. Oh, All okay, versus okay. none. So All which of these none. appears in more verses in the Bible? I think it's got to be all. Yeah. It's got to be all. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's the Christian answer. <laughs> in this case it's the positive one it's the sunday school but answer. yeah but i do feel like that's probably more likely in this case so all right i'm gonna let's, go with all let's take a look oh you are correct uh yes uh by some margin all appears in 4126 <laughs> verses none Ooh. appears in 100 so uh <laughs> wow what a contrast yeah 4026 yeah. more uh, so yes, well done. First one down. Here's number two. Full versus empty. Full versus empty. Whew. <clears throat> I feel like these, these words uh, probably come up a lot in relation to, um, well, being filled with the Spirit, mm. that sort of thing. Uh but also containers of things. There's yeah. an awful lot of containers in Scripture. Tell me about it. Uh, yeah. And dimensions for containers and basins <laughs> and things. Uh, man. My stars. It's a real the number of containers craft. in Scripture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many containers. Oh, Michael. Uh, I could list them all, but we don't have time. But are these containers uh, full or empty, Kieran? <laughs> well, On average. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I feel like it's full. I feel like it's yeah. Yeah. But like we're staying in the affirmative and uh-huh. it's full. All right. Let's take yeah. a look and see if you're full of correctness. 
Yes, full appears in 197 verses, empty in just 46. Okay, Kieran, we seem to be on topic because we were talking about humility earlier in the podcast. Is humble or proud, which appears (laughs) more times or in more verses. Humble versus proud. Yeah. You see, the thing is, I feel like when these come up, there's probably a number of instances where they're paired. Mm. So they might actually be quite close together in terms Mm. of how many times they appear. Um, But I think probably I'm going to say humble. I'm going to say humble. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look and see. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a bonus point for calling that it was a close one because humble appears in 43 verses and proud in 40. So not only were you correct, but you also called that it was close. Very impressive, Kieran. Clean sweep again on the top three. You've (laughs) redeemed yourself again. Yes. Oh, it was all. It was getting pretty scary there, Michael. Oh, well, these close ones are tough. What will become of me if I fail both quizzes in the <laughs> podcast? You know, well, have, will you will you have to get a different a new host? Uh, don't worry, you we'll can boldly approach the throne the throne of God and receive <laughs> grace and mercy, just like Hebrews. Nice. Then I over spiritualize that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. It's good. It's a very important reminder. You know. <sighs> Bible time, Bible time. My name's Michael. I'm so clever. Yeah. It's time for our Bible fact, everybody. Bible I'm fact. very, very excited about this. Bible facts. Uh, very excited to hear what Michael's prepared for us this week from First Corinthians. So take it away, Michael. I will. I'll take it away. Um, well, thanks, Kieran. And yeah, I, I, I felt the f- same way about First Corinthians as you felt last week about Romans, which is just, oh man, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And, you know, should I think big picture? Should I, you know, you know, lean into a certain area? And um, <clears throat> I decided to give us some background as we tend to do about the book and then look at something in particular. So, 1 Corinthians, a second letter of Paul in, you know, the canonical order that we look at them in our Bible. And um, we know that Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. It's actually the second letter that Paul writes to the Corinthian church that we know of, but it's the old, the first one that we have uh, in Scripture. Like, we, the first one is lost, like many of the letters of Paul. You know, we, we talked a few weeks ago about... Um, the letter of Colossians by Paul, referring to a letter to the Laodicean church, which is lost. Um, so we know that this is not the first time Paul's written to the Corinthian church. And we also know it's not the first time that he's writing to kind of correct the Corinthian church for going astray. Um, and that's really what he's looking to do here. He's trying to instruct and restore the church in certain areas of weakness. So trying to get rid of some erroneous practices, some divisions, immorality, um, people suing each other in court, abuses of the Lord's Supper, 
correcting false teachings about resurrection, which is why we get that really famous chapter 15 about resurrection in, in First Corinthians letter. He's also answering questions uh, which were addressed to him in a letter that was brought to him, which this letter discusses. Um, and ultimately just calling the church to be obedient, uh, especially in the light of, of a growing challenge to Paul's authority, uh, which provides some context for Second Corinthians. Um, there's a kind of a growing, is Paul the one that we should be listening to? And um, it's because of all of those instructions and all of those, uh, you know, all of that meat, it's such an important letter today because ultimately, you know, the city of Corinth was this bustling trade city with loads of pagan worship, as we touched on in the quiz, it was in Greece and one of the main trading centers had two harbors, you know, it had uh, many types of immorality uh, masquerading under religious worship of various gods. And Paul is writing a letter which continues to be relevant because ultimately humans and Christians included in that, obviously, are still really powerfully influenced by our culture, by the environment in which we live. And most of the questions and problems that the Corinthian church encountered are problems and questions that we as Christians and we as churches still continue to encounter. You know, our marital difficulties, lawsuits, je jealousy, division, envy, sexual immorality, misuse of spiritual gifts, all of these things and more are still very relevant. So it is a great letter, which we should all read regularly. But that's the background. What about a Bible fact? Well, I was thinking, what's the most famous part of 1 Corinthians, Kieran? And uh, if I said to you, 1 Corinthians 13, what would you mm. say to me? Love is patient, love is kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all, all about love. It's read out at many yeah. weddings, Kieran. Do you think mm -hmm. you're getting married soon? Are you gonna are you gonna have someone yes. read out First Corinthians thirteen? No, just to be subversive, we're not going to have it. No, I, d I don't know. Actually, I hadn't decided on our readings yet. <laughs> so we might well do that. It is a beautiful, uh, beautiful passage, isn't it? It is. It's gorgeous. And actually, my wife and I have been trying to commit it to memory uh, as we we were for a while as we did bath time with the with the baby and, and changing her nappy and doing other stuff. We would calmly say First Corinthians 13 to one another to kind of calm the baby and also to try mm. and help our marriage and augment our love for one another. It's a great passage and it's very famous mm. and it's all about love and it's wonderful. But what's the context of it? What comes just before 1 Corinthians 13? Um, that's a question for you, Kieran. Do you know? Yeah, it's it's about uh, spiritual gifts mm -hmm. in the church, isn't it? It is, and, yeah. Uh, the start of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 is about spiritual gifts in the church. Yeah. And it goes on to talk about unity in the church. And yeah, yeah. then it goes on to talk about not just spiritual gifts, well, sp spiritual gifts, but also just like other gifts, you know, with apostles and prophets and teachers and mm, people's gifts mm. of healing, which, you know, are spiritual gifts as well uh, as practical gifts. And yeah, I, that well done for knowing the context. And I just think that um, that's important. And... I think one thing I would encourage, and, and I guess my thought for today is, 
you know, just as you've read these letters a few times, as you as you touch upon them multiple times as in your Christian walk, just continue to be mindful of the of the context of them and what that context suggests about the bigger picture and of the priorities of Christ. Because 1 Corinthians 12 talks about spiritual gifts and how important they are and how much God desires for us to have them and, and talks about the different types of spiritual gifts and, and how many different spiritual gifts are important for building up the church. Um, and yet it says the very last uh, verse of First Corinthians 12 says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So it's saying all of these things are fantastic, and yet mm. I will show you the most excellent way. And then it talks about yeah. the primacy, the most important thing being love. And of course, um, we know that, you know, towards the end of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And uh, yeah, I was reminded uh, on a recent trip to America where as we were visiting family and, and our baby was meeting family for the first time and I was having conversations with pastors and, and all the stuff that, you know, we are called to love people, to love our neighbor, to be loving and to be concerned with people's lives and to be invested in our friends and in, and in strangers. And it's just very easy to get caught up in the doing of our lives, in the busyness of, of living, but also in thinking about church stuff and Christian stuff and spiritual gifts and this, that, and the next thing and forgetting mm-hmm. to put love first and to focus on love. And, and we need to remember, you know, Jesus was asked, what's the most important command? And he said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we love God and we love others. And mm. the greatest of these is love. And the context is all these other things are fantastic and of great value, but without love, they're nothing. So yeah, mm. First Corinthians 13, First Corinthians in general, amazing, super fantastic, rich scripture, so important. But love, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so what do you think, Kieran? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's an important reminder, first of all, about how beautiful that passage is, and and how fundamental love is to mm. our understanding of who God is, because God is love, and our relationship with God is a relationship of love, and He He loved us first, and out of the love that He's shown us, uh, we we love Him in return, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, and I, I think also an important reminder um, about setting scripture in its proper context. Um, because as you said, that passage in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 does come straight off of the back of a call to unity in the church and a call to being responsible in how we exercise spiritual gifts and how we think about our, our gifting and our place within the body of Christ. Um, you know, uh the so it's wonderful that it, and good and right i think that it, that passage is read at weddings mm. um but i think it's also a, a, a great reminder that um you know uh it has uh in its context in scripture it sheds a kind of another kind of light as well 
and I think that's a, I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks. It's the end of the show. Oh, <laughs> oh, already? Yes, I'm afraid so, everyone. Um, but hey, we'll be back next week. Oh, you with betcha. more crazy stuff that we do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> including, but not Second limited Corinthians, to. everybody. <laughs> but not limited to Second Corinthians, which will be our Bible fact next week, which is cool. So but wait, let's see if I there's can... more. <gasps> Order now, and you'll get this full section of steak knives. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see if I can come up with a... Well, there, there are many interesting facts about Second Corinthians, so I'm sure I will be able to pluck one out for you. Uh, and hopefully it will be up to the standard of the great Bible fact we just had from Michael. So, And if uh, not... Or, or it might sound like today's yeah. unlikely worship song. If not, we'll remix it into a joke. So yes, all will be well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all things work together. Speaking of taking scripture out of context, <laughs> all things work together. Podcast, blah, blah, blah. Well, Kieran, last week was Romans, so you're not allowed to quote Romans uh, this week. So <laughs> <get out. laughs> okay. <laughs> Touche. Well, uh, thanks thanks for listening, everybody. We, we so appreciate you. And uh, all of you who are part of the Holy Half Hour family, or if you've just joined us, you're very welcome. Um, and do join us again. And hey, feel free to reach out to us on social media at Holy Half Hour if you want to. And uh, in the meantime, we will be hard at work preparing <laughs> our next uh, offering of Holy Half Hour fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's all I have to say <laughs> for this link. Thank goodness Michael, for that. Michael, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap it up before people notice that I'm starting to run out of steam. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Michael. Cheers. It was fun. Thanks, Kieran. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Do you ever find you struggle with the measuring of things? Find it hard to tell the difference between a homer and a hymn. Never measure off a cubit when it should have been a span. Then here's a song for you. A chord is bigger than a homer. A homer is bigger than a lethek. A lethek is greater than a ifa. A ifa is greater than a seya. A talent is greater than a mina. A mina is greater than a litra. A litra is greater than a shekel. A shekel is greater than a hen. A stadion is longer than a furlong. A furlong is longer than a fathom. A fathom is longer than a rod. A long cubit is longer than a cubit, obviously. So I went to the temple in Jerusalem, right? And the guy says a dove costs a shekel and five. I thought that's a bit pricey, so I asked very nicely, but he'd only throw in a pigeon with one wing. That'll never do for a sacrifice. <laughs>